Welcome back, party people, to the anime, the triangle anime and manga review. Correct. Triangle anime and manga review. Yes. I didn't call it the Raleigh anime and manga review. Not this time, no. No. We, we are all inclusive. We include whatever the triangle includes. I guess it's like Chapel Hill and Durham. But, yeah. So, and uh, this week, uh, Ozzy, do you want to sound the bell? Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Let's get ready to rumble. That's my best impression of that. But, uh, yeah, this week on episode eight, we're going to get to talk about fights. Fights. Yeah. So specifically just a couple fights that we um, picked within the last – really, they go back a couple years uh, – that we thought were really great fights. And we'll talk about what makes a good fight. We'll talk about you know the aspects of a fight that really turn it from just a simple brawl to – a fight and then what turns it into like an epic fight you know so um yeah but uh, to start off i did want to kind of do something interesting so have you ever been in like an actual fight before have i been in a fight uh no i'm more of a pacifist for sure um mm. i'm a friendly kind of guy who avoids no, i don't avoid conflict i like conflict but physical conflict i do avoid so uh, okay. myself no i have because i would say a fight is more of a two-person kind of thing I have beat someone up because of because I was bullied, um, and it wasn't like crazy bullying. It's just a kid who wouldn't leave me alone, and after telling him over and over again, I just kind of punched him in the nose. Yeah. So that's about the extent. Yeah, I mean, he that, cried that and told happened. his mom, and then yeah, so our parents were like, "Yeah, they're kids. Leave it alone." It wasn't really a fight. It was no, more yeah. like a get away from me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. How about you, Logan? Have you ever been in a fight? Uh, I've been in a few. Yeah. Oh, so damn, we used you brawler. We, we used to have an MMA club back at uh, Georgia Tech. So oh, what's up? I did actually <laughs> partake in that. Um, it was kind of tough for me because uh, I was one of the. If you can't tell by my body right now, I'm sure the listeners can't really the see. Radio me. Re- the radio, the radio is doing me a lot of favors. Yeah. Um, but no, I think uh, I'm, I'm a little smaller. I'm a little more heavy set. So most of the guys I was fighting were much. Uh, bigger and uh, I mean I lost most of those engagements if I'm being honest but I think the important thing was that I was able to put the effort in and stay try and stick with it uh, I think uh, one of the guys there one of the better guys gave me the nickname tornado he's like I don't know what to do with you you're just like an endless ball of energy and you never give up and I was like I kind of take that as a compliment so nice so yeah. you could be like a main character in an anime where he doesn't win but he's just always like yeah I'm not gonna give up and I also was in one of those group fights because I think I told you about this. We had a what uh, is this Tokyo Revengers? We had a football player break into our fraternity once. And, nice. Uh, without getting into you know too much crazy detail, he tried to beat up one of our brothers, and then a bunch of us had to beat him out. And we have actually video footage of this. I'm gonna have to find uh, it and send it to me, you. I, so I do want to see this. I'm gonna have to see uh, if we can find it and send it to you. But yeah, it was. The guy, like, it's weird to think, like, okay, so this was, like, a three-on-one fight, and yet still this guy is kicking our ass, but he's, like, keep in mind, this is, like, an O-line guy who's, like, 365, like, pounds, so it's it's really hard to, like, kind of wail on him. Uh, we did manage him to shove him out of the fraternity. Uh, he fell down some stairs. You go for the knees, dog. No, he literally fell down some stairs. It oh, was perfect. Hilarious. There you go. No, because he was so drunk, he like... Oh, he was drunk, too. Boop, Damn. Boop, like head, toppled head, over. head over heels, like one of those dolls. Nice. But yeah... Um, At least he didn't like pass out and just kind of stayed in your it, area. It was... 
Well, what was funnier to us the next night, so cops asked if we wanted to press charges, and we were like, no, our football team's bad enough as it is. But the next day, we had some guys on the football team uh, at, that were like grad assistants. So they were just assisting the coach. And uh, the, and one of the, and the coach was like, man, Tyler's like really beat up right now. What happened to him? And the, one of our brothers was like, oh, yeah, uh, he got in a fight with some of our brothers. We got video footage if you want to see it. And the coach was like, show me. And so they went back and the coach the coach watched this. And after the video, the coach was like, I always knew Tyler Kidney was a soft motherfucker. Damn. <laughs> Getting like, roasted. Oh, to add insult God. to injury. Literally. Yeah, but uh, no. Why, why did he come over to fight? Like, what was his He purpose? was really drunk. Um, so I don't know that he had Just a. belligerently drunk. He didn't have. I don't think he had a serious rationale behind it. But uh, he, so that's CTE, man. Well, apparently, again, I don't, I don't want to spend the whole time talking about my experience because we got animated to talk about. But essentially, he had been at some kind of party and he had taken some like edibles or something that had a lot uh, more of whatever it was in it than he, he thought. But you. then he started coming to our property, broke a door down, and started tearing stuff Damn. up. So, yeah. At was, least get him to reimburse you for the door. Yeah, well, and, yeah, it, we actually didn't even mind the property damage, but he started threatening a brother, and, you know, one thing leads to another. Nice. Anyway, so that happened, you know. So I've been in a fight. I got some experience with that. So, and it, it yeah, I mean... I feel like anime, if nothing else, most anime do a great job of conveying the pure chaos that you kind of deal with in an actual fight. Because, like, it feels like you're in a fight forever, but it's only, like, a few minutes when you actually yeah, it's look like, at Yeah, sometimes it can be over really quickly. And it's just like a flurry. And even when it's going on, like, uh, it's just like a flurry of stuff. Like, if you think about it, you can think about, like, oh, yeah, I do this and he does that. But, like... In the middle of it, it just looks like a flurry. Like yeah, it's like yeah. instinct sometimes. You don't have too much time to think. Yeah, it's just a... F yeah, and you just kind of see stuff whizzing yeah. by. Yeah, Plus, so. I think studios, like, I mean, they do a good job of fights in anime, but I think that's their selling point. I feel like a lot of studios, like, save their budget for major fights knowing that, like, all right, it's time to show off. Like, this is the time to really... I mean, I showed you that... Uh, I know this was a joke because I know you're not going to watch Dragon's Maid, but I showed you that clip from Dragon's Maid. Absolutely, yeah. Where they had the like they have average quality the whole time, and I mean it's good quality. But then as soon as they fight, as soon as they have like a scene where like one of them is doing an attack, it's like pure pristine animation. Yeah, they're like, and you're just like, holy shit, this looks like something that should be a, well, like, the, a like Dragon like Dragon Ball like anime where it's pure fighting, but it's just Dragon yeah, Maid. It's no. not Dragon Ball. It's Dragon Maid. Dragon Maid. Hey, you know. Kyo Annie, they put a lot of effort in there. So we're going to get in. We'll put some spoils up before we talk about our favorite fight. But uh, as you touched on, let's start off with what we think makes a good fight. So to me, I think there's kind of four key things that we got to go through. And I'm just going to go ahead and start with your favorite. I had them in a list, but let's just focus on one of the key ones. So... Ozzy, if you want to talk about like how a narrative makes an impact in a fight, I think that's yeah. probably one of the biggest yeah. impacts, if nothing else. I, I think that's what people keep coming back for. Yeah, I, th I think uh, so. We have, like you said, four areas. Um, the, the biggest one for me would be narrative, um, and I think it's the biggest one for a lot of people, like you said. Um, <clears throat> it's just it really builds the story. It builds the fight. Why are you fighting? Not just two guys duking it out because they're there 
but you know, tell me why they actually are having this confrontation between these people not seeing eye to eye. You know, this person literally just being a bloodthirsty killer, and this guy's trying to protect somebody, or this guy's trying to protect a city and is trying to defeat this one bad guy. Like, there's always something behind the story, and um, I think that really good fights have that buildup that tells you, hey, this character has this that they have to protect, or this that they have to show off, and if they have to fight for it, they will, and therefore we have this fight. Yeah, now, I think it depends, obviously, on the character, because a lot of fights, like in Naruto, for example, a lot of that is built-up narrative tension. Yeah. Where sure. it's like, we know what this character stands for, we know what they've gone through. These fights don't just have, like, an impressive combination of ninja techniques. It's like, we know what these guys are really putting their heart and soul yeah, on like, the line. And it's not even, like... The people have to have a reason to fight because in Naruto's sake, they have a tournament where tur a lot of a lot of good fights you see are like tournament based. Sometimes um, in tournaments, it's all luck, like who's fighting who. It's not like they're fighting each other because they're destined or because they're yeah. seeing not eye to eye. It's because they just happen to be in a tournament. But usually, their narrative whether that whether they end up finding ideals that clash against each other during their battle or they have contrasting battle types like. Things like that add to the narrative. Like you were saying with like Naruto, like they add to the narrative individually. Like in one of our battles, it was like um, one of the huge battles in Naruto early on was like the Neji and Naruto battle. I still remember to this day, um, Neji and Naruto did not see eye to eye on things. And it wasn't necessarily because they had something to argue about. It was just like Neji was dealt with like racism in his, in his village. Yeah. And he just hated the world, which is completely fine. Like I, I see his way. But Naruto was like, you can't be a dick to other people just because you think you're a genius and la da la da Like, I don't care about that. Well, and then another fight. That arc had some of the best fights. But another fight that's in that arc is uh, the uh, Naruto-Gara fight where it's like they have a lot of similarities in their what they've gone through in oh, their yeah. life and what they've you gone through. You find out that they you know, yeah. walked a similar path but it ended up diverging at some point. Yeah, and that's I, I think that's an important thing too. And then I, you can look at stories like, you know, you don't necessarily have to have the big overarching past run. I think stories like Dragon Ball Z are another good example where the narrative, I guess, is kind of like flighty where it's like, yeah, I get it, but... How much of a narrative is there other than, like, there's a bad guy and he's going to kill right. everybody? Sometimes that is that is <laughs> yeah. the only narrative that builds up to it. But then you find, like, little narratives, like, like the narrative when it came to Goku versus Frieza was really, like, we just have to stop Frieza. But then after Frieza kills uh, Krillin, it turns into a different narrative where Goku's getting revenge, which you never saw with Goku. And yeah. obviously the whole transformation scene with him going Super Saiyan, and the narrative just jumps a tenfold there. Um, yeah. So you can see how even though like it takes a good fight into a great fight, because I think to this day that's probably the most watched clip of Dragon Ball Z on YouTube oh, easily, is him yeah. going Super Saiyan. Yeah. Also, you know, the one of Krillin getting blown up. Oh yeah, well you have to watch that. That's the best. That is part. the importance. That the importance is that Krillin had to die for this moment. But yeah, I mean, and even if you wanna <coughs> look at something a little more recent like uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, where that one's kind of interesting because we don't get much from the main character's narrative perspective. It's everybody around him who has a story True. that's kind of built up. And that's what keeps us invested is we want to see 
what happens with these other characters. And really, I guess that's a kind of an interesting example where the main character is actually kind of like a f- comparative to the human, to like the watcher, because we don't really know much about, uh, man, I don't even remember his name. Um, <laughs> yeah, we don't even know much about the main character. Uchi, other than Uchi, he, Uchi. Yeah. I forgot his name. I, we don't know much about the main character other than he like he's really strong well, and he's I got mean, the demon inside. He, he does have one thing that's pushing his narrative is that he ultimately wants to help people. Like that's his thing. Like he wants to help people and whether and when he sees all these souls that have been impacted and are you know demons or dark souls, he wants to help them gain peace. So that's his narrative essentially. Yeah. Um, but I do find that the people he interacts with like the. Uh, Panda Bear, whose yeah. narrative is like he got created, or the uh, what's the Mai? Is that her name? Yeah, oh, Mai. Yeah, oh, her narrative's her, fucking yeah, her narrative crazy. when it comes to like her family background and stuff like that. It adds to the importance of his battles and everyone else. Yeah, so I think obviously that's the big one that I think people keep coming back to. Uh, our next guy, our next one. Let's talk about art style. So speaking of Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah, the, I think that something that anime does that a lot of other you know real life stories can't is that the art style is actually very good at imprinting upon you like how much power these people are putting through or how it impacts the world around them and like what the you know what this actually means without even necessarily using word, words you can't really get uh, we're going to talk about the Boro Saitama fight. We're going to talk about you know, but uh, you can't get these world shattering like mountain crashing kind of fights in a real life kind of scenario. Yeah, so, without the involvement of like a lot of CGI and yeah. After that, it doesn't seem well. I mean, I know the anime doesn't seem real, but they do have the freedom to enhance that a little bit. Easier. But I think that's also kind of the piece of the art style is that like. It can make it seem more real. It can also make it seem more surreal. Like, I frankly, I struggled with Mob Psycho 100's art style getting into it. Oh, but yeah. it really worked with the fights because the technocolor kind of dreamscape of what the characters are going through as the fight progresses, like, that art style really works with it. And then, I guess, you know, to a lesser extent, I know this isn't the type of fight we're talking about, but, like, in Ping Pong, where... Uh, ping pong the animation uh, the art is like really like the lines are not straight it's kind of like crazy all over but it helps with when they're moving in really frantic ways back and forth across the table trying to play that it's like you can kind of feel the kinetic energy of these balls bouncing off the racket yeah, and these guys tra- chasing after You have different techniques that you can use to emphasize, like you said, speed, the weight of a punch or the weight of an attack or the emphasis of an attack. So it, it is it is great to see that in certain situations. Like even like the impact of a punch, how it like works against a body. You can accent that on a body, whether that means like showing how the muscle mass is moved or even showing the guy like kind of like spitting up like the image i think of is when gojo fights um the the volcano dude the nature guy oh yeah yeah Yeah, like that one is just full of animation like just just like little nuances that emphasize things like explosions and extreme punches and like speed again in jujitsu kaisen yeah but like even when he goes into his like little space realm and you can see all the stars and he 
emphasizes how it's like we're in the infinite and like it zooms in and then you kind of see how there's just endless yeah. space. Obviously, you wouldn't be able to get that in real life. No, so. that's it's so crazy to think about. Um, I th- I was also thinking of uh, man, you know, it can also help you tone to the scenario that you find yourself in. I think uh, the Cowboy Bebop movie is a good example where there are fights where they're really bright and shiny and you can tell right. there's not a lot on the line, but they can tone, change the tone Darken just the tone by changing just by, the lighting. Yeah. yeah. And, and another thing... Um, now, I, mean, I will say, though, that that's something you can do in a regular movie. So that is true. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, art style is big because, like, the, one of the biggest ones, and we'll talk about it, is One Punch Man. So, like... Especially when it comes to the character, the main character, Saitama, they draw him in two different ways. And I've always really enjoyed how they've drawn him. They either draw him as a goon with a round head, and they're like, oh, this is for comedic purposes. And you know that's for comedic purposes. But they draw him super seriously with super tight lines and super dark, bold um, outlines. And that's when you know shit gets real. Like, as soon as you see him with that, you're like, oh, he's about to get serious and I like that they can do that. You cannot do that in any other situation. You can do that in anime. Yeah. Well, and the way that like some characters can just like be put down, like their art style changes when they take a hit. One Punch Man, I think, for as much as people love the comedy, they did some amazing things with the art. Uh, I mean, I, we've got a different fight on the list, but when he fights <laughs> the Sea King... And he punches oh, yeah. him so hard the clouds just, yeah, part. Yeah, the clouds part, like, and he vapor. Well, he vaporizes everybody, but yeah, like little I things was like, like that. Damn, son. Yeah, you know. So, so yeah, art style is definitely. I, I I see it as the cherry on top, where it's like it elevates any good fight into an epic fight if it just is. It is clean. It is done well art wise, and it just looks amazing. Look, especially in things like you were saying, like Mob Want Psycho, where you have extreme colors or you have specific settings that look amazing in the background um like the the gojo one when he was uh fighting the the volcano head guy well so things like that really emphasize it and make the battle even you know better well and again i think the last thing i want to say before we move on to the next topic is just like you were talking about you know you can talk about the tech the like the way they light up the techniques the way that like you know goku shoots an energy beam or something like that but really, I, I think the the best part of animation is the way they can shift how you perceive a character at the flip of a hat. Uh, going back to Mob Psycho 100, it's a very colorful, kind of chaotic, weirdly drawn. I don't think any of the characters have like an exterior <coughs> lines, if that makes any sense. But it can really change, like when Mob has his hits his like. 100 percent or question mark or question mark percent yeah like you can tell like this changes how you perceive everything about him yeah Yeah, for sure so that's that's good but talking about something that one punch man and mob psycho have less of let's talk about technique and strategy yeah so uh technique and strategy i think is another important thing that makes me really like fights and that's because i want to see kind of a people showing off like let me show me your moves to to quote another wonderful fighter um i need to see your moves i need to see you adapting to the situation and you know not just hitting each other and like let me do this over and over again i don't want to see you use the rosangon a thousand times and hope it hits yeah i think this is exactly so i'm i'm always torn about technique and strategy because like i think it's really cool but i think it also kind of gets Let's say for the example of, like, Bleach. 
like technique and strategy gets used as kind of like this uh, <coughs> oh I want to see what this guy can do with his sword kind of thing and it's just like you know maybe it's just not as interesting as the actual fight to find out what this guy can do with his powers because um, you know Bleach, Bleach kind of eventually comes back to kind of like what you're talking about oh yeah Ichigo used the like moon cut thing whatever that was I don't even remember what the technique was but then you got stories like Naruto where they actually make interesting combinations of like their techniques to use different strategies and you know summoning creatures and doing different ninjutsu. Yeah. So I, I think a good story can use those techniques in a way and combine them in a way that makes the fight unique and more interesting. Um, yeah. I kind of I took it off the f- list, but I know like Goku versus Boo is another good example where. You've been with this show for God knows how many episodes, and they suddenly start pulling more interesting moves where, you know, Boo launches an energy beam at Goku, and Goku deflects it, but instead of just, like, shooting another one, Boo has it navigate all the way around the planet and then yeah. come back and hit Goku. Yeah, little things like yeah. that. And, like, Boo was a great great way for them to um, add differences to the battles because I think before that... Goku, all the opponents that, you know, whoever was fighting, whether that's Goku or Gohan, um, were very straightforward characters. Boo had the ability to pretty much do anything he wanted. And, like, I think one of the biggest things that I liked about him, he could literally punch into the ground and his punches would come out later, like, in the ground later. Like, yeah. little things like that. Like, that's a technique. That's something different that the the opponent has to adapt to. Like, Goku, I remember, started, like, dodging on his hands. Like, that shit was so sick. It was oh, when like, they were basically... Yeah, that was actually was one like of my... break dancing around the arms. When they were, were basically animating... Uh, that was one of my favorite animations, where they were basically on top of each other, and they were shooting energy beams, and they were basically <clears throat> playing, like, hopscotch or... Uh, what's it? Leapfrog yeah, yeah. with the energy beams. Yeah, little so things like, like that. Because, like, a lot of the times when it comes... when like Especially in the Dragon Ball Z world, Dragon Ball world... Um, it comes down to, oh, there's a couple of reused animations where they just exchange punches or they they move so quickly that you don't see it, but you can feel the punches. And then, like, a couple of, like, big moments, and then it comes down to an energy beam or a spirit bomb. So, so the spirit bomb never works. So sp- I- it worked in Boo's case. It worked in one time, yeah. Um, and... But I think the the stuff in between, like the little things where we were talking about with Goku fighting Kid Buu, um, there are moments where it shines and it's like there are techniques shown even though they don't have names like they do in Naruto. Like little ways to fight and strategies and makes it more important. Yeah, and I think, again, it, it's, it's kind of silly, but it, it's the difference between, you know, your average fight and a really good fight to see... These people actually using strategy, using their environment, thinking about yeah. where they are, you know, Correct, yeah. or what the difference is, like why their opponent has certain advantages and they don't, you know. Yeah. And although, the big thing that you, I mean, go ahead. Sorry. Although I do, I just wanted to say, like, I do think it, like, after a certain point, like, maybe get over the whole, like, well, he's really, really big, so he must be slow. It's like, that's never the case. Stop yeah. it. I mean, that's what they thought about Broly, and then he just absolutely decimated yeah. everybody. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, I mean, there are tropes, but, you know, it is good when you start using your head sometimes. And um, especially, like you were saying, the environment. I think that's a big thing, too. Like, sometimes it's good to see that characters aren't just kind of fighting in an infinite void. And they do have to use their environment, whether that's nature or whether that's the landscape, whether that's a building. 
you know, little things like that, they add to the fight, um, you know, so. Yeah, and I think uh, the last thing that we're going to list is uh, balance of power. So I don't know that this is necessarily a uh, – trying to think of the proper way to say this. I don't think this is necessarily a need in a fight, but I think it determines how you perceive the difference between – a fight and a beatdown, you know? Yeah. I think uh, for those who are not into anime, let's say like the Kill Bill Volume 1, there's a difference between her fighting the final assassin lady and her slaughtering like all of her. Oh, yeah, that whole gang. Yeah. yeah. That whole gang. So I think it's... I, I think it's kind of important to make sure that there is some kind of parity with how strong you are versus your opponent. In fact, it's usually better if your opponent is slightly stronger because it gives your main character or whoever's fighting like something to work towards and improve. But really, I, I think the key thing is that they need to be somewhat on the same level just because no one enjoys uh, one guy tearing through like True. a person like toilet paper. Now, yeah. maybe if it's like 100 guys, maybe, but yeah, like... That's that's a different kind of scene, well, though. I think that's like a catharsis more so than a like a fight. That's something more that's like, oh yeah, I like watching these. I, it's I feel bad saying that. I feel like I, I enjoy I watching these guys get slaughtered. I, yeah, I think it depends on the situation. I think as long as it takes into consideration the narrative and maybe techniques. Um, <laughs> And that's what I had made. Like, if it focuses on the other two important things, which in my mind were the narrative and the strategy slash technique fight style, I think that you can get away with a one-sided battle. Like, the one thing that comes to mind that um, adds to the narrative is the Kid Gohan uh, versus Cell battle in Dragon Ball Z. Um, even though it wasn't directly the Cell fight, it technically was because Cell brought out the Cell Juniors to uh, kind of make things crazy. <laughs> yes. And as soon as Gohan went Super Saiyan 2, it was an absolute curb stomp for these Cell Juniors. Like, he literally ripped them in half with a wipe of his arm. Like, literally, like, wiping his ass, he would rip him in half. Yeah. So that is a good uh, situation and where it adds to the narrative because it shows you the power jump that Gohan just had. It kind of shows you like, oh, this guy is not playing around. It went from Gohan being this sincere kid that didn't want to fight to an absolute savage. Well, so in that situation, I think it does add to it. Um, again, to me, though, I, I view it more as kind of a catharsis in that situation where, yes, it does show you the power difference, but really what it's showing you is these little shits that Cell spawned had been kicking the crap out of everybody and torturing them, and then Goku just slaughters them, and you're like... They deserved it. Fuck them. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. It, 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 is, it In a way, it builds up for our catharsis, I guess. Yes. Yeah. You're right, but I still think, like, it. I don't think it necessarily has to be a equal fight. Uh, I think it's okay if it adds to the narrative or, like I said, um, to the overall fight itself. Uh, yeah, I just wonder if it, like, falls under a different category, you know, when you see something like that where you're fighting with a... Hundreds of people on one guy who's like really really strong, but I don't I don't know. We'll talk about it because it's actually one of our uh, topics in the favorite fight section. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, we are now into spoiler territory, so we're going to be talking about our favorite fights. Yeah, some we, of our favorite fights, and if um, let's see the things we we are covering, we're covering a movie. What's it called? The sword. The 
Sword and the Stranger. Stranger Sword? Uh, Sword of the Stranger. Sword of the Stranger. So if you haven't seen that movie, spoilers. Uh, we're covering uh, uh, Code Geass Revolution. Resurrection. Resurrection. Um, so if you haven't seen that, we're covering... This is all... Nar- We've covered a Naruto fight, so that's old, yeah. so I don't care. Um, One Punch Man. One Punch care. Man, that's old, I don't care. And then season four of um, My Hero. So if you haven't been caught up, you know, you should catch up. But it is a spoiler. Oh, so. and... Uh, Early on Haikyuu, which I don't care. That's been out for a long time. Yeah, so I guess the key thing here is I, I kind of gave some sec- some fight options, and we both selected one that we wanted to talk about out of each of three categories. Mm-hmm. So we had chess master battles, spectacle fights, which are, to be clear, are like fights with where crazy shit is going on that makes you go, whoa. And then one-on-one fights. Um, Simple 1v1. Yeah. Come at me, Hey, bro. man, that's what it's all about, man. Yeah, but, at the end of the day, that's what I want to see. Fuck you, fight me. Yeah, um, not necessarily in that order. Uh, so hey, let's man. go ahead and start it off with the uh, chess master battle. Ozzy, you brought notes. Uh, so I mean, do you want to start us off with uh, Karasana, the battle at the garbage dump? Karasana yeah, so, versus Nakoma? Yeah, so chess master battle, we thought of it as kind of a more of a mental aspect, not necessarily a physical battle. And I think uh, sometimes people think battle and it's got to be like, oh, yeah, this guy's literally fighting this guy or this guy's going to kill this guy. But I think sometimes some of the better um, stress-filled battles are the ones that are done with just the mind or specifically just like techniques. And in this case... I did pick an sports anime. I picked Haikyuu, um, and I picked one of their early on battles uh, or matches because it's a volleyball uh, anime. Um, it was Karasuna, Karasano versus Nakoma, which is a friendly, it's, you called it the battle at the garbage dump because that's what they, they did to call it that, uh, between a neighboring school. Um, and this is actually one of the first matches that the main character team gets to play against. Um, as a new team because they just brought in Hinata, the new uh, like mini spiker guy, and then their famous setter, I forgot his name, the guy who's a prodigy essentially. Um, but yeah, I picked that fight because, or I keep calling it a fight, match, because it's one of the first big ones and it really sets up the main character team. I keep calling it the team um, because the main character really is the whole team, Karasano. Um, and it was a good one. It was very straightforward when it came down to it. Uh, the biggest things I noticed were uh, Nakoma, who were the opponents, were similar in age. It looked like they were similar in skill too, but they actually had more experience as a team. Um, so Karasano just got together. Two of their players literally hated each other a week ago yeah. and just got on good terms and have learned to actually work together. Um, so you have these two opposite ends where one is like a well-polished team and the other is learning. Well, and I, I, I don't know that <clears throat> well-polished is the right term, but I do like what the Nakoma coach says, which is that the Carasono team has a bunch of talented... Has a ton of talent, yeah. But they kind of like don't necessarily complement each other. So they're kind of being brought together by the fact that like they have one really talented player who can kind of make them all work together. Yeah. Whereas Nakoma... Might not necessarily have a bunch of talented guys, but they have more experience. They've worked together longer, and they're just all about 
uh, and this is more to do with sports anime, but they're about not making mistakes. So they're like, if we can just hang in there long enough, yeah. these guys are going to collapse. Our skills are going to carry us because yeah. as a team, we're a bunch of A-level guys. You know, everyone across the score is A-level, but the other team, Karasuno, is like, there's an S-level and there's a couple of Cs, there's a B. And like when you average it out, they may be the same, but they're more consistent, right? And yeah. Like you're saying, their main key in, in that match was, hey, we're good at keeping the volley up. We are not going to drop the ball. So that means we just have to outlast our opponents, and that's what they do. Um, and I like that they talked about that, that that's their technique, essentially, is that we're going to outlast our opponent by outsmarting them or just kind of tiring them out, whichever one comes first. Um, right. And I think the other thing that I like, well, first off, the animal traits, Carasona, ah, Car- I suck at pronouncing things. Carasano? Carasono? I think it's Carasano. Carasuno, sorry. Carasuno is uh, like the ravens or the birds. Yes, they're the ravens. And then Nakoma, if you couldn't tell by the Nikko part, is uh, cats. Cats. And one of their key players, he's really got kind of the eye. Oh, yeah, they definitely gave him like an eye. He's got like an animal aspect where he's always watching and kind of like. Slowly learning and getting wittier. He's cu- he's like scheming. Yeah, he's, he's very scheming, cu- yeah. he's very cunning. Yeah, and that's really good. And it does set up a very good rival character for yeah. the future for these guys to kind of overcome. And I like that. I like that a lot. Um, it's it's a interesting one though because you kind of get the feel for it um, pretty quickly how it's going to turn out. Yeah. in my opinion, I don't know. I, I do think that's kind of a trend with mental battles, though, where it's kind of like you can tell who's going to end up coming out on top because for all the strategies that Karasuno is throwing at this, the opponents, the opponents are just learning a lot faster and have got a better strategy to come up against Yeah, it. so essentially the way the battle goes is Karasuno comes out hot and they use their trump card, which I call that because that's literally like their best scoring um, like move that they've learned to this to this point in the anime was where Hinata, the main character, essentially just gets a perfect set ball and he just slams it up and he's he he's so fast. Well, that it, yeah, his the strategy is literally be fast you, and hit it quick. Well, his strategy is literally just you run and I will get you the ball. Correct. Yeah, yeah I mean that's going into detail that he doesn't necessarily play naturally well. He just has like innate abilities. And well, yeah, because think, he's so quick, it takes people off guard. Well, and it's like when you're out on the playground, it's like you tell your buddy, I'll get open, just throw it to me. Right. And That's it's essentially one, what it is. It's one thing to say that. It's another to have a quarterback that can actually be like, Put it okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you as soon as you get open. Yeah, or so. a wide receiver who goes towards the ball. Yeah, exactly. In this case, I think that's the better way to put it because the quarterback is set. The setter is actually a perfect prodigy, but... The, the in Hinata, the case who is this, you know, the attacker, he actually is lacking in his attacking, uh, I guess, prowess at the moment. Yeah, right. Um, but um, Nakoma does a good job of immediately off the bat recognizing it, especially with the main character, uh, the main player on that team. What was his name? Uh, I forgot his name. His name was like Kano. Kano. Um, immediately, the guy who was like the uh, what's his name? I got his name somewhere in here. Kenma. His name is Kenma. And he immediately recognized that that's their main move. So his main objective was like, hey, we've got to stop him. So that's pretty much how the battle goes. They learn and they quickly adapt, which I think is important in a sports anime because you never know what your opponent is bringing to the table. Right. 
And I, I really liked it. I think it's a good setup. I don't think it's anything particularly amazing, but I, it was kind of the one that made you fall in love with the story, where it's like, okay, they've got something special here. This isn't just like a thing about volleyball, like just because that's fun. Like volleyball can be interesting, and yeah, this is oh where yeah, it shows you, sh- yeah, they show the different aspects of the game, and they show you how it, how like a specific team who is not necessarily impressive in blocking or impressive in spiking or impressive in other things that's just well-rounded can still hold their you know their class in against other people and i think it was especially important for karasuno the main character team to lose because it kind of shows you that they still have room to grow and that in anime sports like it's not as easy to win sometimes as it is in like a battle where you have to life or death, right? Yeah. Most of the other enemies, it's like they're gonna kill you, so you have to win. And as the main character, you're not gonna die. Yeah, probably not. So it makes it easier. Uh, so my choice for the chess master battle, uh, I picked uh, Lush v Shamna from Code Geass Resurrection. So the reason this fight stood out to me was. I think when you look at most strategist battles, and Ozzy, you picked another good one because it wasn't like this, but when you look at most strategist battles, it ends up coming down to like, well, I knew that you knew that I knew that you would do that. Or some deus ex machina falls out of the fucking sky. This one was an interesting one, but I would argue that it might be less of a uh, fight and more of kind of like a puzzle-solving situation. So essentially... Lush is uh, leading an army to get his sister back from Shamna because uh, all his sister is good for is getting kidnapped. You know how it goes. Oh, yeah. Um, so, But basically, Lush is a fantastic strategist, but Shamna is, has the ability to rewind time when she dies by six hours. So essentially, no matter what strategy he comes up with, she just kills herself, and she can tell the guys ahead of time. Right. She also like, okay, guess. now we're going to be ready for this. Right. Yeah. So the battle is less about can Lelouch out-strategize Shamna, because there's no doubt about that. It's can he figure out what her geas is, or, or even he doesn't even know necessarily who he's fighting. So figure out who has the geas, figure out what it is, and figure out how it activates before all his troops get totally pinned down and they can't That's true. do anything. Because power-wise and, like you said, strategy-wise, he can outsmart her, but if he doesn't figure out how to stop... He doesn't time even know. Time well, <laughs> at, at, at the time, he doesn't know that she's time-traveling, but if he doesn't figure out how to How stop, she keeps countering yeah, all of his yeah, moves. How yeah. he keeps out being outsmarted, then there's no point because she can just kill herself. She's at... Because she, she can literally do it over and over again. She doesn't have to be killed by someone. She could literally just take a gun, blow her brains out, and start yeah, over. That's again, which is of, really OP when you think about it. Like you could, ne- like as long as you know that and no one else does, which that's how he ends up winning. Like you're free to do whatever you want. Like you could literally always keep a gun on you and do whatever you want. And someone's like, "Well, you're going to jail. I'm going to murder you. <laughs> Go ahead, kill me." Well, and that's also I think there's a lot of emotional stakes in this battle, and that was also one of my favorite scenes is when Lelouch's first plan fails, he, like, freaks the fuck out. He's like, I don't know what to fucking do. Well, he's also not used to losing. And let, yeah. Let, let's be honest. The reason people love Lelouch is because he fucking wins all the time because he's never outsmarted except for well, a few and, reasons, and, and then he always finds a way. Well, and, of course, there's a little bit of emotional thing, but I think CC handles it 
well, and I think whoever wrote the story handles it well, where CC basically like pulls a gun on him and it's like, but I, did I bring you back to life just so you could be a pansy bitch? And I was like, wow, damn. There you go. Respect. <laughs> like, well, that's the thing. Like, yeah. Lelouch is not that kind of guy who breaks yeah. down and, you know, he, he's going to figure it out. And that's kind of why people like him because he's not only is he cool, he has a great ability. He unified nations as a villain and as a hero, kind of the whole scenario. It was just like, if you haven't seen it, it's like Aaron Yeager, but done a thousand times better. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a code Geass. If you haven't seen it, it's fantastic. Yes. This is the movie. This is the movie, but the anime is absolutely wonderful. And there's mecha battles, which even adds to the story. Well, and again, the only downside to uh, choosing this would be that, uh, again, because it's a movie, you kind of know, how it's going to turn out. Like, Lelouch isn't going to lose this one. But it is a little tricky with how he kind of goes about it. I I personally thought it was a little unexpected. Um, And I I kind of enjoy the idea of the guy not having to fight, like, on the battlefield. Instead, have to kind of sort out, like, you know, run down the options of, like, okay, so they did this, and then I reacted this way, so that means that... It can't be that they can read my mind, and it can't be that they can see 24 yeah, hours into like, the future. He essentially, like, tests things, right? He He's like, let me try this, and then see what the outcome is. And then he does that over and over again to the point where he can kind of deduce what he's fighting against to a certain extent. He didn't. He never really figures it out until the very end, but enough to where knowing how smart he is, he can make a decision, right? Yeah, and then even though all this is going on, there's other fights and stuff going on on the field, so obviously that kind of keeps the tension up, but I think overall it was one of the more clever kind of fights that I had seen in terms of mental battles, because again, usually when it's you versus me, it's like, Aha! Uh-huh, I knew you. I knew you would move that thing to the left, like I thought you would. Right. Uh, yeah. So, so I thought it was kind of unique in the sense that it wasn't, you know, silly people getting over gambitized. There's like one gambit where he bets that, you know, where he's like, she's either going to reveal this to me by yeah. accident or. We're screwed. Yeah, he literally has yeah. to lay it all on the line on one guess, and yeah. luckily enough, he he put it out to where he made her reveal a secret about her guess enough to where he knew how to beat her, and that was not killing her because every time he he either killed no, I guess he never killed her. You said, but he either put her in a situation where she could kill herself or she would die, and she could relive her life or relive, relive six hours. So he figured out that essentially after she revealed something that she can't die. Yeah. So his way of beating her was to actually put her to sleep. So. Now, there's all kinds of plot holes to it now that you think about it where he just like, you know, you could have just mind controlled her, whatever. That's but, true. But and it's like it's or, more impressive from, when you make it more dramatic. Or from her perspective, it's like, you know, you could just like, you don't have to talk to him. You could just kill yourself now. Narrative dog. <laughs> they could have taken the eagles to Mordor and thrown the ring in. But you know what? They had to they take could. the long trip around. Damn it, man. They couldn't have taken the eagles to Mordor. Anyway, so yeah, we're not going to have that discussion right now. But yeah, it's a, it's a really cool battle. And I, I mean, I love the way that Lelouch deduces things because he is he is all about thinking. You know, he's not a fighter. He, that's why he oh. has his, his Suzuku and... You know, even uh, what's her name? Um, Karen? Karen? Colin. Colin. Yeah. People like that fight for him, and obviously people well, he controls. And that's the other thing I like is his. This is not directly to do with the fight, but 
you just root for a guy with that much charisma where he's just Correct. like, he is, guess what? I'm fucking zero, bitch. What you going to do about He has so it? much charisma, and you can't uh, help him. Even though he is kind of wacko in certain situations, but you, you root for him regardless. Yep. But yeah, those are our chess master battles. Uh, definitely thought-provoking. Go check them out. Um, and uh, Next up. We move on to our next one, which you picked as spectacle fights, which I, I like that. It's a... It's more of a – it's not necessarily 1v1, even though it can be 1v1, but it's more about what's going on around them. It could be 1v many. It could be 1v1, but in a scenario where they're surrounded by other people and they're somehow involved in the battle but not directly. Um, so it's something that's like way over the top. And, you know, it's escalated to just kind of awe the viewer, in this case us. Well, I, for me it was just kind of like when I see something – my first thought was like, again, talking back to when we talked about what we like about anime fights. When I see something that's like, there's no way they could do that, at least at this point in time, with real life actors, like, uh, uh, you know, a technique or like a guy getting punched through a planet and you're just like, yeah. whoa, that shit just got way real. Yeah. You know, that's stuff that makes you go, whoa. So, yeah, that's kind of the point of the fights. But, you know. I think uh, obviously it depends, and this can be a situation where you've got like one guy just nuking a hundred people with an energy blast. That, I mean, there is stuff like that, but at that point, that, that's too extreme on the balance of power. That I don't think that is a fight anymore. But, but, uh, but yeah, you. Um, so we can start off with yours. You picked off on a good one that definitely emphasizes the awe aspect of it, and that is the final battle of season one of uh, One Punch Man, the Saitama versus Boros fight. Uh, so yeah, that is a that is definitely top tier when it comes to that season, and uh, it definitely hits the high marks on most of these things when we talk about what makes a good fight. So I'll be honest, this one kind of like barely nudges on a fight, but that's really because all of One Punch Man is barely a fight because everything Saitama does, it's like, is this really a fight? This is like Saitama just kind of like drawing this out for however long as he feels like. But yeah, so Boros. Uh, is basically a super alien from outer space who has fought a bunch of people and has never been defeated and all the silly stuff you've all you've heard before if you've ever watched a shonen anime. So, you know, guy's super strong, da-da-da-da-da. And I think this is the first... This was just kind of like a spectacle that kind of brought us into the 21st uh, century. I don't even remember when they first animated this, but... The animation style, going back to that, is so sharp. Uh, it starts off kind of jokey where <laughs> Saitama like basically punches him and the guy's like, you've unleashed my fire yeah, you form. Broke my, you broke my battle armor that holds in all my power. And He's then like, Saitama's like, okay. okay. <laughs> but like, he like shows up. I think, whole, I, I, think I still got that t-shirt. Yeah, anyways. Nice. Oh, yeah. that uh, I think Kevin has that t-shirt too. But yeah, because he shows up and he like accidentally makes his way like... He keeps coming across these monsters. He's like, hey, where's the bad, big bad boss at? He's yeah. like, oh, it's that way. He's like, no, it's not you, lie. He punches him in the face, runs the other way. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing with like One Punch Man. It has so much comedy at the end of the day in comparison to shonen, regular shonen stuff um, that it was it was, it was was weird to well, see this battle because it, it was in a way a little bit more serious and yeah. a little bit unexpected uh, the way it went about. Um, but I think, yeah, I think there's two or three scenes specifically that really stand out to me in this fight. So the first one is Saitama basically moonwalking his way like 
through walls and through like things as they're punching and right. running around. He's like literally stepping backwards so quickly, and they animated his feet so well. You can see him like yeah, you can actually see right? his shuffle. Yeah, and it's like and anime does is uh, I mean, I, I guess you could argue this is an, an over drama, not over dramatization, over exaggeration. But you do this in anime where like even though they're in a confined space, you can draw it to where it's huge. Like yeah, this place was only so big, but the way how quickly they were moving and the way they were moving made it seem like they were going for miles. Well, to be fair, that the, the spaceship was it was big. It was. Um, yeah, because the next scene I wanted to talk about is Boros, I guess, trying to show off his power, punches Saitama so hard that he gets launched to the moon. And I think this is probably where it goes like, oh, okay, this is like going to be a great fight. Um, where... Saitama, you know, he could have just jumped back immediately if this was a lesser animation studio. Saitama's actually like, what happened? He has to look around, realizes he's on the moon, holds his breath. And my, probably my favorite part is where he picks up the moon rock and kind of like tosses it to be yeah. like, so how, how strong do he's I need like, to jump Oh yeah, this is, the, this is the gravity of, of the moon. And so he basically is like doing a little calculation in his head like, how hard do I need to jump to jump back to Earth? Right. And then he does it, you know, just like, oh, what the fuck happened? Yeah, he lands like right beside Boros. Like he jumps all the way from the moon back to on the exact, you know, spot on the well, on the ship right beside Boros. And the animation is beautiful because when he lands on the ship, the whole ship like it tilts, shakes yeah. and tilts down. I'm like, damn, damn. dude. But uh, and then I think the <clears throat> third one and I think the one that people probably screenshot Boros unleashes his ultimate blast, and Saitama unleashes his series, series of serious series of serious techniques. Punches. Serious punch. Yeah, yes. he only well, he only unleashes one serious punch. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the ones right. before that is just Wasn't consecutive yeah, normal yeah. punches. But yeah, so he unleashes one serious punch, and you don't you don't get to see like the actual clash. But what you see is they do like a shot of the Earth and like. The clouds have like parted, parted in this big arc around the planet, just from the like, just the, from the conflict of the beams, and you're just the like beam holy, and, and just his fist, like literally just his fist, and you're just like holy shit, that just happened. Yeah, and I, I like that they did a touch, like they showed him, they showed that which was the the um, the clouds parting, and this is all art style being thrown to the peak, right? Um, and uh, they show the quartz plowing, and they even go as far as like showing kind of maybe on the other side of the world where it's pitch dark because yeah. it's you know it's not sun out because where he's at it's in the day but on the other side i guess yeah because you know, the sun doesn't of, reach that far. right it, yeah. it's dark and you see like flowers moving like it even made it all the way over there and like the it's not as extreme yeah. because obviously it dissipated by the time it got there but it was still enough to impact them where the sun wasn't shining yeah and you could just, see the flowers like shake like moving from the wind and you're like god damn that is insane it's so yeah I mean, this is one of those where, I mean, you narratively, there there's not a lot riding on this fight because we know what's going to happen. But, God, the art yeah. and the actual conflict was, is just so crazy. This was your basic, like, there's a bad guy, we've got to beat him. And being Saitama, and you, if you know One Punch Man, he's going to beat them. Like, it's there's not much that he did techni to, uh, technique-wise or strategy-wise. He just kind of in, endured his, and Boros's, like, 
onslaught for you know half the episode because Boros went all out obviously he had a couple techniques that looked amazing visually on his end because he was a very colorful very mob cycle 100 like you yeah. know he like had all these neon colors shooting out he he had one where he like went super saiyan 3 and got like long hair and oh, started yeah. like yeah. looking like pink and he like essentially he basically just yeah he basically just goes super saiyan yeah and then like he at one point says that this is all his power being output and that it essentially lowers his life. It shortens span. his yeah. life. So it's like, oh shit, he went completely serious. And that was the move that sent Saitama to the moon. And then he just comes back instantly. He's like, oh sweet, I made it from the moon, dude. Cool. Yeah, which I love that he also says that like it shortens his life just like anaerobic exercise. And I'm like, oh great, I'm never exercising again. Yeah, no, no. That's why you don't exercise. I've um, people who've had accidents exercising and not. <laughs> but yeah, so it's a great fight. Check it out if you haven't seen it. Yeah, for but, sure. Uh, your pick's a little different. I think it's got some great art, but I think yours rides much more heavy on the narrative right, aspect. Right, yeah. So it, it's definitely a spectacle fight because it's more than just 1v1. Um, it's the <clears throat> season finale of season four of My Hero. It is the Nomu versus Endeavor fight. And this is the hooded hooded Nomu. Nomu, excuse me. Um <clears throat> Well, you could also do like Endeavor and Hawks versus right. Well, that's why I was gonna say that it's 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 a spectacle fight because Hawks is involved not only helping Endeavor not directly, kind of indirectly, but he also has to deal with the repercussions of this Nomu deciding to make this more than just one v one. He starts you know tearing cities apart, tearing the city apart. He starts aiming it at people, stuff like that, and I think that's what elevates this to more of a spectacle. Uh, especially because as as the season finale fight, they kind of went all out. Yeah. Um, but well, yeah, the this one has more of a narrative, like you're saying, because Endeavor recently just got promoted, or I mean, he wasn't really promoted; he was just next in line to be the number one hero. Because this is after um, One for All um, retired because he had his final battle and his powers finally gave out. So Endeavor was All Might. Yeah. But sorry, yeah. All Might. Excuse me. Um, Endeavor is now the number one hero, and it's actually at the same time that Endeavor is trying to turn over a new leaf with his family because he's starting to realize that he's been a dick, and everyone hates Endeavor because he is a dick, and he's been a dick to his son and his whole family. So it's all culminating to this uh, redemption fight, that this is what it is, essentially. Yeah. Well, where he's trying to prove himself and to kind of show himself as, like, not a bad guy. And I think they do go through some emotional stuff where they talk about, as it goes on, his techniques are kind of hurting his body or overheating his body. And that's why he wanted to have his son to have the ice powers. And there's also kind of like a nice little thing where, I mean, the one that hit me harder was the fact that there's like the news reporter there who's kind of like in between, you know, giving up and like... Yeah, yeah the whole time from, he's like, oh, no, it looks like Endeavor's losing. Yeah. And she's, like, not sure what to do. And right. she's, like, uh, in a really bad mindset. And then, like, uh, so you can kind of feel from her perspective your emotions are also riding on it. Honestly, this one, I hadn't watched it before, but uh, it seemed the animation was pretty good. It was exciting. Um, I think I honestly kind of related to Hawks more because I feel like I kind of had this feeling like, so this is, like, in a movie where you're, like, uh, like, say, have you ever seen Unstoppable? Um, the one with the, the train? train? Yeah, 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 the train movie. So, like, 
you know for a fact, like, there was, like, in that movie, there's, like, a section where there's a bunch of kids on the track, and you're, like, there's no way they're going to kill the kid. But, bef- like, after that, there's a scene where, like, a horse carriage gets stuck on the track, and you're kind of, like, there's, like, a 50% chance he they might, might kill the horse. But, yeah, so that's kind of how I felt for Hawks, where I was, like, watching all this, and these guys are, like, really going all above and beyond, and I'm, like, watching Hawks, and I'm, like... You know, hawks could bite it. Yeah, this, this like <laughs> just to add to the impact, they're not going to kill the main guy, but they could kill the they, secondary. They guy. could kill hawks, yeah. And I mean, to be fair, they both go all out. Where endeavors like really burning through all of his energy and is risking his own body. And hawks is kind of doing the same thing. I think yeah. he puts his whole powers on the line. Well, basically, he, gives up his powers. He, again, the thing that that makes it even more impactful was like the Nomu starts realizing that. This Nomu is different than the earlier Nomu's if you've watched My Hero because the earlier Nomu's are literally just DNA created or like, uh, sorry, like um, engineered, genetically engineered monsters and they fight just to fight. But this one fights to fight but also starts thinking. He starts to be able to come up with rationale and creative ways to fight. And so it's becoming too much for these said heroes because like I said earlier, the Nomu starts attacking the city. He starts breaking apart buildings and obviously if it's just endeavor he can't fight and protect people and as a hero you want to do both but that's where hawks comes in you know one of the greatest parts of that fight was when the nomu splits the building in half and essentially endeavor holds up the building with his like essentially his propulsion because of his his abilities um and hawk uses all his feathers literally individual feathers to carry every single person out of there i think he counted them he even said it's 67 or 66 people yeah. And he, like, took all his feathers out, carried them all safely, and even carried, like, I like the little nuances they, that he sent his feathers and carried, like, little pebbles so they wouldn't fall on the crowd because there's, you know, there were bigger rocks that could obviously kill somebody. Yeah, well, and that was the other thing is it was kind of interesting to see them working together because yes. I think Hawks, from a strategy standpoint, seems more like a utility guy, where yeah. Endeavor is pretty much pure power. Pure power and, yeah, yeah over over. Powering somebody. But it is interesting to see him and I guess the emphasis that they put on his character where it's like clearly despite being a dickwad in a lot of ways, he does – he cares about people and wants to put them first. Yeah, As a hero, he's top tier but obviously personally on a personal level, he's terrible. But this is again a redemption series where he's obviously showing that he can be the number one hero not just in power but in symbol and in ideals because he starts working with Hawk. Which before it was always like, I'm just going to beat this guy, get out of my way. Now it's like, I need you to help me with these people, with this Nomu and however he needs to. And at the same time, he starts to come to the realization that he's fighting for his family. He's fighting to be a new symbol and not just to beat All Might, which was always his his driving force. was like, I want to be better than All Might. Now he's fighting for others. And again, his redemption adds to the narrative and it makes it even more... It makes it more impactful for me because I like redemption series areas like Vegeta going back to Dragon Ball because it always goes back to Dragon Ball Z when it comes to fighters. Yeah. Um, his redemption in general, that it, it goes, it, it's a longer redemption series than just one battle. Um, it's always been a sweet spot for me. I love it. And that's why Vegeta will always be my favorite character in that series. But yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's a good, it's a really good fight. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it's kind of hard to miss if you like my hero, but yeah. Oh yeah. If good. you if you like my hero, it's I mean it's it's a great fight. Definitely a good way to end the season. So last up, we got to talk about our one v fights. So this is just 
Straight 1v1. Straight, yeah, you know, 1v1 me bro, you know. So just straight fights between two characters that are on a relatively similar level. So these tend to be the fights that I think stick in people's minds the most, where it's two talented fighters who are kind of putting their heart and soul on the line to kind of prove something to each other. Right. And, I mean, really, I'm... I like my pick as a fight, but I, I will be honest. As far as like two fighters putting their heart and soul on the line, Ozzy, your pick is pretty much the one. Do you want to go into it? Yeah, so my pick, and, it, and I love this fight because it's not even like a final battle fight, and I, I think sometimes those are the best ones that are overlooked. It's the Gara versus Lee fight um, in Naruto during the tune-in exams. I think it's like part one of the tuning exams or part two. I think it might be part two. It's part two because okay. they have the forest part. Oh, that's for the forest part. Right, sorry. So it's part two. This well, is when technically they technically they have the quiz, but that's dumb. Oh, that doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. yeah, part two. This is where they start the tournament um, style. They start essentially pu- putting all these genning, 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 genning. Yeah, to fight each other from different um, different areas, and. They end up pairing Gara, who is the Sand Village Ninja, who is obviously the Jinchuruki, the demon possessed by the Sand Demon, um, against Lee. Yeah, the who, one tails. Right, the, the two tails. Two tails? One tail. One tail, yeah. yeah. Um, against Lee, Rock Lee, who we've seen a little bit of. He is the Taijutsu Master, as people call him, because... Um, ironically, he actually can only do Taijutsu. He doesn't yeah, know the, how to use Genjutsu. He can't use Jinjutsu, so he I'll, just does physical attacks. Although I will say, I think, uh, looking back, I don't think we knew that at the time because it kind of gets revealed in this Yeah, yeah, no, it gets revealed that. that he can only do that. At the, but I'm saying, like, they've only shown him as, like, Taijutsu. fighting. Yeah, Taijutsu yeah, no, user. We know he's fast. We know yeah, he's strong. Yeah, yeah. right. So this battle definitely is, again, huge on the narrative. Um, it's really big on technique. And I think that, for the most part, they are pretty even because there's a lot of back and forth. Um, unfortunately, you do find out that Gara is mental and he has a demon inside of him. So it's kind of unfair because, you know, he yeah. has a, the Jinchiruki. Well, I think it's kind of surprising in any aspect that uh, Lee even stood a chance in that fight. But I will say, um, I think this is something I've heard plenty of nerds say, you know, the moment when Rock Lee drops the weight. Oh, hell yeah, baby. And you're That's just it. like, oh shit, it's on. Well, I love that moment because it's reminiscent again to Dragon Ball. Um, in, in the early original Dragon Ball saga, there's a moment where Goku is fighting Tian Chen Han in the world tournament. I forgot which one it was. And this was back when Goku would wear just his normal gi and his weights. Yeah. He wouldn't even have shoes on. I think. Oh, maybe he did have shoes no, on. No, he did have he shoes He took on. the shoes off. But that was one of the ways he trained. Um, Master Roshi always told him to train with a rock on his back or with weights. So he fights Tien, and they get to a point where he's like, all right, we're not, no one's getting anywhere. I'm going to get serious. So he literally stops the battle. This is even funnier because in Dragon Ball, there's a little bit more of comedic. Well, relief. Dragon Ball's right. big on the comedy. Yeah. So he literally stops the battle and tells the the announcer to come over and hold his his stuff. He starts taking him off and it just like drops to the floor, breaks the breaks the arena because it's so heavy. Um, and it's like his weights on his arm and his legs, and now he's just like super nimble and agile. So essentially, Gara does uh, Lee does the same thing. He takes off his weights. Well, his weights like fucking. Explode. Oh yeah, his weights are absolutely even more heavy because as soon as he drops them, they like exp- yeah they make the entire arena just explode into dust. Yeah, um, but no, I I think I feel like there's got to be some ninja magic going into that shit. But anyway, that's true. Yeah, and then like, it, it's funny because um, 
for the whole time, Lee is like waiting for uh, his his uh, sensei rock, uh, no, uh, guy, guy sensei to like let him do these things. It seems like he kind of knows that he could overpower somebody. He just doesn't want to if he doesn't have to. Well, I think he all. I think he just respects his sensei, right? Like, and I think he feels like the sensei is doing what's best for him. So when yeah. the sensei gives the go ahead, he like starts doing these more and more dangerous techniques. Right, he for starts his own body. really unleashing his potential. And yeah, the first thing was him dropping the weights, which even even everyone in the tournament arc was just like super surprised. I think that was the biggest one, like you said. And then after that, the ter- tables turn. Gara starts having to use more of his his techniques because up to this point you really didn't see Gara do much because he's pretty much invincible. Uh, so I again going back to the the fight itself, I, I will say I love the writer of Naruto because he does this great thing about having characters fight each other who are foils for each other. Gara is like the exact opposite of Rock Lee. He's Rock Lee has had no talent, has had to work his way from the beginning, true. and doesn't have any. The ability to use any other ninja techniques except for physical abilities. Gar's like the exact opposite. He's been super talented his whole life, although he's had to go through a lot of tribulations because of that. But on the he's other hand, he's also the son of a Hokage, so yeah, he's pretty so much probably has everything he wants. Well, that's that's a whole other well, thing. You think he would? Yeah, but anyway, point point being, like, but because of his natural talents, he doesn't really do much physically. He basically just lets his sand and his like ninja techniques do themselves. And he just kind of stands around. So it's like the exact opposite of Lee, who's like got to use everything. everything. He has to put 110% and just to make it. And yeah. you see that in the battle for sure. Because like he puts his life on the line every time, like unleashing his techniques, like the hidden lotus and opening the five gates, which up until then, that was the biggest thing. That's the next biggest thing in that battle was where uh, Lee gets to the point where he can't win because he's, he thought he used his uh, first lotus, primary lotus, and obviously Gara dealt with it. So then he starts to use this next technique, which is a hidden technique that Guy showed him, which was him unlocking the chakra um, gates in his body, which is still a cool, one of the coolest concepts in Naruto to this day. I'm surprised they don't use it more. Really. Well, I guess it was just Guy and Rock I could use it. Because Guy used it whenever he like fought the against Guy the used like the death gates or whatever. Yeah, yeah he used like all of them. Um, but essentially, he unlocked five, which even Kakashi, who is a Jonin, who is like a sensei, like yeah. he was just like flabbergasted. He's he like, oh like, my I can't God. believe you taught who this, this. this. Well, even yeah. then, he, he was impressed that the guy could do it. He was just like, I can't even imagine a, a Chunin being able to do this. Yeah. Um, and so it was so impressive to see that because, you know, uh, Rock was using all these techniques that were forbidden or secret, and he was laying it out all on the line just to keep up with Gara. Right. And. I mean, it's it's tough. It's tough emotionally because I think Gara does end up winning the fight. Oh because, yeah, easily too. Because he's a monster, you know. I mean, that's literally he he's got a monster inside of him. But yeah, it's <clears throat> it's interesting to watch this fight because you want Rock Lee to win so bad because you see everything that he's gone through and you're like, man, I really want him to win. Right. Yeah. And it's just not going to happen there. Uh, yeah. But I will also say it sets up some great fights in the future for sure because. One of my other favorite fights from this series is their team up against the Bone Guy. And I was like, oh, yeah. holy shit, this is a great fight. Uh, but anyway, yeah. 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 There's a lot to like. I, yeah, that, I, that that battle definitely is is one of the better like entry battles to an anime. Because it's early on. It's not super late into the season. I think it's maybe like season two. And 
Um, it was it was just great. I mean, like you said, you can't help but root for Rock Lee. And when he loses, it, it again another thing that I saw was when he loses, Guy Sensei comes to his rescue essentially because Gara almost kills him. Yeah. Um, because he's such a demon. Um, well, he can't even control himself. Right. Again, at, at one point he can't control himself, but. That shows you that the what you were saying how they're polar opposites in a way because guy or Rock Lee had someone to come to his aid, someone who cares about him. Yeah. And Gara's upbringing, his entire life, people don't care about him. He's yeah. kind of a beast on his even own. Even his brother and his sister, right, are, just are like, scared. Yeah, they're not whatever. even. They don't even respect him. They're just kind of scared of him. Um, and he sees that, and it just kind of like angers him because it's like that's what I can't have. Even though deep down. You, we don't know that to this point. We don't know that yet, but you learn that that's what he kind of always wanted, but can never have. Yeah. Um, so that's it's a it really it, that's another you picked a lot of heart rending fights. Yeah. I mean that, that that's what gets me. I mean ultimately the, the narrative is what gets me, and I can't help root for Rock Lee. And plus he's he's cool. He's easy to keep up with because he's just like beating you down. Yeah. Wow. Even when he's not easy to keep up with because he's zipping around well like, I mean like he's not like doing these crazy ass techniques you're like how the hell does that work yeah I don't know it also means that he doesn't like repeat the same techniques over and over again Shadow Clone Jutsu don't you know how to do anything else Shadow Clone Jutsu times 100 <laughs> like fuck Kaioken times 10 <laughs> Kaioken Hey, King Kai, did I invite? Did I invent the Kaioken? It's my name is Dude, literally no, in it. <laughs> but yeah, if anyone ever takes off weights during a battle, you know shit's about to get serious. Shit I swear, weird. they can use that in any anime, and I'm in. So, yeah. but yeah, so uh, we can move on to yours. Uh, you actually picked a movie again. This was a. Uh, I like movies, man. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And it is a great battle. I did get to watch this one. This was the Sword of the Stranger final fight uh, between the Stranger. And the foreigner. Uh, yeah. So this is uh, Studio Bones. Uh, for anyone unfamiliar, they do a lot of crazy great. Well, they fights. do My Hero. They do Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah. So they, those are two big done, ones that they, it, they did a Cowboy Bebop movie. Oh, that's right, they did, the they movie. did this uh, movie. They've done a lot of crazy fights. Um, so sort of the Stranger fight for those who haven't seen it is kind of hard to talk about because it's. It's such a fucking crazy fight, but at the same time, it's just two guys with swords going at it, you know? Yeah, it is. It's short and sweet. I, th I like that. It's it's simple. It's, it's straight to the point, and it doesn't have a lot of fluff. Yeah, so I will say from a story standpoint, just to keep it simple, uh, there's basically – the point of the movie is the stranger essentially runs into this kid who's getting hunted by a bunch of people – because the kid's blood is like the key to immortality or some nonsense, you know, how it goes. You know, yeah. one day you're just chilling out. The next day everybody on the continent's hunting you because your blood's the key to immortality. Oh, yeah. Um, so a lot of stuff goes down. Um, but basically the foreigner is one of these guys who is hunting this kid uh, at the request of the Chinese emperor. And But really what he's there for is he's kind of using this as an excuse to travel across the lands and find somebody who can challenge him, who can, like, give him a worthy fight. Um, the stranger, the main character who's trying to protect the kid, is uh, kind of the opposite. He used to be a lot like the foreigner in the sense that he was a fighter, he loved fighting, he was a soldier, he followed commands. But one day, you know, he... He shot some kids, you know, like that guy from Die Hard. He shot a kid and 
he just can't do it. Everything anymore. changed. Yeah, yeah, everything. He said changed. he would never pick up his sword again. Yeah, after he shot the kids with the nine millimeter. No, no, no. Yeah, but he had to. He was ordered to kill some kids. He didn't like the idea. Did he and actually kill the kids? He did kill the oh, kids. Oh damn, that's fucking. And rude. since then, he just couldn't. He couldn't deal with the idea of following orders, so he went out and became like a Ronin. Uh, and so this is kind of like him kind of having his own little redemption arc where he's like, there you go. I love I'm finding my own purpose by protecting this child and kind of regaining my sense of honor. And this other guy who is basically his younger self is trying to take the kid and try to kill him because that's what he wants to do. He wants to fight and win against the strongest opponents. The f- So the fight takes place on cross like this really tall temple in the middle of a snowstorm. Yep. Um, and God, I don't know what to say to describe it on an audio podcast. Like uh, the way the snow is animated in a way is like half the beauty of the fight. Yeah. I, I think they're the, they do a good job of, of in involving the environment, which is another thing that, which is something we talked about where, um, they use the surroundings to add to the fight, whether that's the snowstorm that you're talking about or this massive contraption slash temple yeah. that they're on because they do battle not just on one part of it. They battle throughout it. They fall on it. They like they do all kinds of things on it. Right. Well, and I think the, so the stranger's kind of been in a fight already. He's kind of weakened, whereas the foreigner's a lot stronger and physical, so you can kind of notice in the fight where... The foreigner will charge at the stranger a lot, and the stranger kind of does a lot of stuff where he's like, I'm going to try and run away and then counter you when you charge at yep. me. He's very and defensive then, And, like, also tries to kind of get him to the edge of the buildings and edge of the stuff so he can try and push him off. Um, eventually, uh, the fight kind of ends with them, like, jumping. Yeah, he... <laughs> He stabs the stranger through the arm. Through the arm, yeah. Yeah, and they get pushed off uh, a building and kind of recover. And I think the uh, defining part of the fight, and it was something that I didn't realize until I had watched it a few times, is like they have one sword clash, and the stranger's been trying so hard to get away from this guy because he knows he can't take him one-on-one. But when they clash their last set of swords, and they had changed swords by this point, uh, the foreigner's sword breaks, and I think that's when he realizes, oh, my sword is longer. If I stab him, I got a better chance of cutting him than well, if he I does. Think, I thought he got stabbed and he had something protecting him. He had literally like a gem. That, got- uh, that was what the kid paid him with. Oh, okay. So yeah, there yeah. you go. It was the classic, like, I'm going to shoot you in your chest, but... On his chest, he has a pocket full of bills. Well, and it hits I think the bills kind no, of scenario. Now I do think that the cut still got him because there's a little bit. Of right, blood. But, but I think the, it maybe it like deflected it, so it didn't get him in a like yeah, a kill it, scenario. It's it kind of like yeah, because the they, way because the way I read it is like when he saw the blade break, he's like, I can get in close now because he's got less range, so I can just go for enough. the kill. I but, still think it wouldn't have mattered. I still think if it wasn't for that little gem, they both would have stabbed each other very vitally, either like under the chest, because they both went for the same situation. And maybe you're just saying that that's when he decided that he could go for it. Yeah. But if I it wasn't for that gem, I think he would have been absolutely No, I fucked. think he would have been dead. Yeah, yeah because they both got the advantage. They both essentially got the same shot in, which was a shot of their broken swords into their rib, 
and luckily that one guy had that gem in the way and it, it was a very uh, good climax to it too yeah it was, it was like a jade statue yeah. or something but anyway and yeah, it was yeah. A, yeah it was a, a great battle and I, I like it because when it comes to sword sword fights like I want to see just sword fights I don't want you to be a swordsman and bring in like other stuff like I just want to see you how good you can fight with your sword and they do a good job of like showing two different styles of of attacks because like you were saying one guy is just charging because he knows he has the upper hand and the other guy is like defending running away and trying to find opportunities because he knows he's weakened yeah and that emphasizes how these two guys are in different playing fields sort of but they still are using their mind and still trying to find openings to where they can get the upper hand Right. And um, now I will say, I was what did confuse me is if the foreigners from China, why is he using a katana? But I'm guessing that had something to do with the animation studio. But anyway, who knows? Yeah, it yeah, looks yeah. cool. It looked good to me. So yeah, anyway. and then animation wise, it does look great. It's very clean. Nothing. I wouldn't say anything over the top. I just think that everything was done well. Like the setting is great. The use of the environment's great. The fighters in themselves are drawn very well and very crisp movements. Um, I did like that they animated, like you said, like two different art style, two different styles. Like one guy like running away, and the other guy being a charger. Well, and um, <clears throat> definitely the the one the one I knew it was coming when the sword when the snow picked up. Like I was like, I know they're going to move. They're going to jump as, as soon as, soon as, as it comes. Yeah, blocks like, everything. You've seen anime enough to know. Well, when they waited things like happens, right? I love that they wait like half a second because you don't get a full picture of the guy's face, but like the snow comes up and covers him, and, and then you, you like get a snapshot of his head popping through. Yeah, you and see, and you're, it, like, and you're like, I knew it, I knew it, and it looks good, <laughs> and it's so it's so it's so clean, and. Um, yeah, it, it was quick. That's the one thing I will say. It, it lasted maybe a few minutes, but it still had so much in those few minutes done well. And yeah. um, it was it was impressive. I, d- I definitely want to watch this movie. Yeah, just so of I don't want to toot my own horn for picking this. It's probably – I don't even think this does, but yeah. I mean, I, I picked this mostly because I think most anime reviewers, if you watch the YouTube guys, Gigguk, uh, Mother's Basement – they, they kind of have this fight on their Mount Rushmore, so it's Fair a enough. really well-known fight. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I definitely had other fights that were probably top tier, but I, I kind of wanted to pick some different ones, and um, I think we did, um, you know, with doing the Code Geass one and even, like, the volleyball one. I mean, it's different, but, you know, still you can have good fights that aren't the end of the world, that aren't the end of the anime, the end of the series situation sometimes. But yeah. I mean, it's also just good to have something hype and fun to talk about. For sure. I think that's what we did, you know. It's been a hard week. It's nice to talk about something that you can f- have fun and get hyped about. Something you like, unlike our next topic. Oh, I was about to say, something that you can have fun and get hyped about. Why don't you tell us how hyped you were for uh, our manga review this week. 100 g- girlfriends who really, 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 really love you. Let me guess. All right. Yeah, so uh, the manga for this past week, like you said, was the 100 Girlfriends manga. Um, and yeah, it's a harem. I hate it. I don't like it. Um, I don't hate it. I just don't like it. Can you put into better words why you hate okay, it? Okay, so first you, of all, I, I don't care. If first you hate of all, it. I'll give you a synopsis of what it is. Go so it. this is from a totally unbiased synopsis. It's about a dude who literally gets rejected over and over and over again. And when I mean rejected, he gets rejected rejected about his confessions, like confessions yeah, for love. He's like, I love you, dating. please go out with me. It's always this like, big nah, like thing you. with like confession. I think it's with, like a Japanese, Japanese thing. thing, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, he gets rejected all the time. So then he like is just like down on his luck. He goes to a temple to pray or something like that. And then this God comes out of nowhere. And he's like, hey, don't worry. 
your time's coming. He's like, all right, cool. He's like, he tells him the whole like part of like soulmates are meant to be together. You'll find someone. And he's like, okay. But he tells him like, but you're a special case because of the amount of times that you've gotten rejected. You are now going to have a hundred soulmates. And when he means a hundred soulmates, I mean, I only read the first 11 chapters, but he's already got five. And like, that's the story. That's him just finding girlfriends because he has to be their boyfriend because the other constitu- the other like caveat is if he doesn't end up with yeah. his soulmate, that soulmate will die. Well, like, be- yeah, because he has a hundred soulmates. And if a soulmate does not end up with, with their, their soulmate, soulmate, they, they die. They die. So, Soon like, after. So he's not going to die. But if the no, girl... If the girl yeah, because yeah. he has a soulmate already. Yeah. After the first one, because technically he gets two at the same time. Yeah. The first two are two because he meets them at the same time. They're two random girls uh, at his school um, because I think he just started high school. Yeah, like just started high school. Um, and after that, he, he tells him like, hey, you have to pick one because if you don't, well, you don't have to, but whoever you don't pick is, is going to end up dying. So he goes to the girls and says, hey, can I date both of you? And they're like, yeah, cool, that's fine. <laughs> and then literally, like, every- they're paraphrasing, but yeah, that's pretty no, much that's how what it goes happens, down. dude. <laughs> Sure, the, each, each girl has their own personality, but they are like, okay, yeah, whatever. So then, like, two chapters later, he meets another girl. A girl's like, holy crap, I love you. And he's like, oh, well, I love you too, but let me go talk know, to these girls. Hey, so girls. this is how things transpired, and I'm going to have another girlfriend. Can I have three girlfriends? They're like, okay, yeah, cool, dude. So two chapters later, finds the fourth girl, and he's like, oh, I love you. And he's like, I love you too. Let me. Okay, talks to the other three girls. Hey, this is how it transpired. Can I have a fourth girlfriend? I think I'm, I think I'm starting to sense what okay. you have a problem. So <laughs> that's the basis of the month. Maybe oh it gets more into detail later, but I can't see it really going past just finding a hundred girlfriends and him. No, having... the, no, the plot's very dumb. Okay, yeah. So that's my biggest gripe. It's just, it's just dumb. It's. I will say it is funny. There are moments that are hilarious to me because I will give them props. Each girl so far is individually unique. Like. Yeah. You know, you have your obviously your. They do a surprisingly good job of that, considering there's got to be like a hundred of them. I'm well, like, that's what I'm saying. How do you keep coming one, up with new? Well, like, at one point, it's got. At some point, it's got to run dry. They can't come up with a hundred so, individual. So unique. far, that uh, granted, I think they're only at like twenty okay, something. Okay, twenty. All right. Yeah, well, yeah but yeah, I'm, I'm at five, and each one of them is unique, and I do like some of the girls as characters because. You know, the first one is this Tiggle Bitty Maid, essentially, who loves the boyfriend. She and it's just no, right. I'm just I'm just yeah, she's referencing tig- something. Okay. She just tiggle bitty. Tiggle bitty. And she loves the guy. She's like, I'm ready to please you however you want. But the second one is like this Sundira that like yeah. oh no, I don't like you, but I'll do it because yeah. Because yeah. And so she's like kind of tomboyish too at the same time. Then the third one is is that the one that's like a scientist and it's like I can't love you because that doesn't make sense. I think that's... Or it's the little girl. I Not little girl, same age, just... Actually, she's yeah, a year she, older. Yeah, she's like... Looks younger. She's a library she's girl. Yeah. Library girl. She can't talk. She can't she's talk. Shy. She uses a app to talk. Um... So she's kind of she's kind of like going after the cute lowly aspect of it. If you're yeah, into that because shit. Of, because we've had because, that discussion. Because Japan, we've had um, that discussion on this podcast before. The fourth girl is like a smart scientist who's that's like, the, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Where she I wants actually to like do. her. She's like, I can't love you because it makes no sense. Like, yeah, she like does a math calculation. Like, like, this is dumb. Yeah, this is dumb. This is pointless. <laughs> Fun it is pointless. And I, I like her. She's probably the funniest one. And then the one I just saw was the scientist girl who's like, let's take drugs. I can I can do LSD. And he's like, no, let's not do LSD. 
Um, it is so stupid. It's incredibly stupid. But like, I can see why people like it. Well, the I internet just don't like it. So the internet loves it. Um, I kind of, I kind of like bounce around on this one because like I'll forget about it, then I'll come back to it, and maybe it's funny, maybe it's not. It's like this one's a weird one for me because like there's some chapters where I'm just like. This is dumb. Why am I reading this? And then I'll come back to it and I'm like, oh, God damn it. This is hilarious. I think that's fair. I can see that. Yeah. Like some chapters being like, okay, this is a funny topic. And then some of them just being like, why am I watching this? Like, this I think is like, uh, I mean, reading. plot points that keep that happen down the line. The big titties girl's mom ends up becoming infatuated with him because what of, the because of course <laughs> I'm out. It starts getting incestual. I'm out. It's not also, it gets somewhat sexual because, like, they obviously the have, big titty girl is way too into it. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's I think that's okay, but like literally, like, oh, like the fourth chapter, like two girls are making out, and it's just like, like I'm okay with that in real life, but it's it's really just a sell point. Like, there's yeah, no, there's not really. there's nothing to the drama besides like, oh, we got two girls making out. Ha, I think ha. I think one of my favorite chapters has nothing to do with that, but yeah, one of my favorite chapters is they have an episode where. Like he rips his hair out because he's it's complicated, but he's like trying to like have a competition, have these girls get tied in a competition about saying compliments about him. So he rips his hair out. Next chapter, drug girl comes up with like a medicine that causes him to grow his hair back. Hair goes wild, takes over the world. So you're like, okay, See, stuff like that's hilarious. So you're like, okay, there's no way that that's gonna be in the next chapter. Next chapter, hair has still taken over the world. You're like, what the fuck is going on? See, like, something like that's hilarious, but I, I just don't think that like he has to keep getting girlfriends. I just the main driving plot of the story is that he's going to get a hundred girlfriends, and I just think that's a weak weak story to me. To me, again, that that just doesn't drive it to me. Yeah, like, the the it'd be better if they were all just. I just view it as like the the plot is not there for any real purpose. I think the plot is there to introduce new characters and then like just crazy bullshit happens. Which I, I can see with like But I do I do get where you're coming from where it's just like why does it have to be this kind of story? Yeah, I yeah. don't like harems and I really don't like when it downplays like oh it's like yeah, this guy can have all the women he wants. Like I just I, I it, it doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. Um, I know that there are people that like that, but it, it just – that turns me off when I look at it. So that's why I don't like it. It also does get kind of – yeah, it gets really kind of weird at a certain point where it's just like, you know, so like all of these girlfriends are just cool with this. Right? Yeah, that's another thing. It's yeah, like, like, what? like who would be cool with this? Of course that's not cool. But again, like if you can look past that, there are hilarious things that happen. Everyone is kind of unique so far. And there are funny things like you just mentioned that you know that hair bit like that that's hilarious. I would love to watch something like that. Like, what the fuck? But the main driving force is such a turnoff to me that I don't. Yeah, care. I don't. I care. mean, I kind of figured you would feel that way. I just wanted to see what your opinion of it. Well, is. I mean, I told you that I would tell you honestly that I don't like it, but there are things that I can understand why people like. Yeah, I don't. And really... I do like the girls. I do like so far. Well, of all the things on the internet, I don't understand why people are like so into. Let me rephrase that. I know why people are so into this one. I just don't see why this is the like next big like. They should all go to horn jail. Bonk them hard. Bonk them hard. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's all right. I I think it's okay. But I mean, it's it's kind of like on and off. I'm not gonna sell, try and sell you on it, but it's it's whatever. So what I will try to sell you on, 
because this is so this has already got two seasons of anime if this makes you feel any better nice uh so speaking of mental fights we're gonna go with kaguya-sama love is war I feel like I've heard of this. So you said this has got two seasons already? It's already got two seasons anime. It's a... It's kind of a slice-of-life comedy. I love slice-of-life! And, of course, it's a romance. I Uh, love slice-of-life romance! So, basically, it's about two people in the student council and... uh, Who are clearly in love with each each other. other. But they can't tell each other? They... For... I'm trying to think of the proper way to say this. It's like for the purpose of their like social standing, like they've got to feel like the superior one. They can't be so, the first to tell each other. So they can't be the first oh, to no, tell them. This was recommended to me already, dog. Yeah. I'm hyped. Now, the yeah. anime was actually recommended to me because I, I was reading through people that were like, oh, is there any other stuff like Nagataro or things, you know, where it's like obviously a romance, but there is comedic part to it, but it's also slice of life. And they're like, oh, yeah, Kaguya-sama. I'm like, okay. I'll look yeah. into it, but this now one, I definitely get to read it. So yeah, because so honestly, it took me a bit to get into this one, but yeah, I mean the internet cold hearted. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, no, I, I think I relate to the president too much, but anyway, uh, yeah, I just uh, I there actually aren't well there. I don't think there's any unrealistically huge tits. Hell yes, thank you. The less amount of that, the better. So, but anyway, I I do really like this series. It's kind of. It's very unique and hilarious in the way that it does it. And I, I think the most important part to me, granted it's like 200 chapters now, I'm not expecting you to read all of that. Well, I'll have them all done. But the, uh, the characters actually go through arcs and storylines, and I'm like, that's really unique, because they could have just dragged this out and done the same bit over and over again. But they A hundred times? Yeah. Like the girlfriend but they, thing? But they actually have done a... <laughs> But they've actually done a pretty good job of developing the characters. So Nice. So this I, could I be like an this. actually good manga, not like the last one you showed us. Yes, believe it or not. Yeah. Nice. I'm excited. Yeah. Good pick. I can already tell you I'm going to like it. <laughs> okay. Good for you. All righty. Well, that's all we got, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We got to go watch Chris Paul lose to uh, Gene. My boy Chris Paul, man. I need my North Carolina dog to pull it out. Two more wins. Yeah, of course, he's, he's, he's unfavored. He's right going to lose to Giannis. It's Giannis. <laughs> I love doing that. The G is silent. All right. Yeah, sure it is. Good night, people. Good night. And if you want to reach out to us, we have Mel. Yeah, that's Gmail. The G is silent again. That's bad. Just mail. What, what, what's, what's our email again? Uh, RaleighAnime at gmail.com. It's not triangle. No, it's just Raleigh Anime. Oh, so that one's wrong. Triangle was taken. What? This is okay. RaleighAnime at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Reaches out. Let's see if you got any suggestions, any comments. We'll probably ignore most of them. But uh, thanks for listening, you guys, and we'll be back. Yeah. Don't try to sell me Delta tickets. I got like 50 of those in my inbox. All right. Anyway, you have a good rest of your night, everybody. Bye. Bye.